Welcome to the MetaWorker Podcast. The MetaWorker is an online literary magazine where great stories are forged. We publish new and established writers and look for work that surprises or that doesn't fit anywhere else. For new content every week, follow us on social media at The MetaWorker. You can support our mission on Patreon and find us online at www.themetaworker.com. Join our Discord community for more events like this, as well as writing tips, group writing circles, and just generally great conversations. Writers of any level from anywhere in the world are welcome. The text of the pieces read in each episode is copyright by the respective authors. The MetaWorker podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative works, 4.0, international license. This means you may not sell, alter, or transcribe any part of the podcast, but you are free to share or copy the file as long as you retain attribution to the MetaWorker and the author. And now, enjoy the episode! My name is Matthew Mation. I'm the editor-in-chief of The MetaWorker, and today we are talking about The Dinner Party by Alexa Haley. We are joined by uh, Melissa Reynolds. And uh, Melissa is technically an intern, but she's really been pulling her weight. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is between an editor and an intern anyway, since uh, none of us do this for money. But it was actually your idea to do this, which is so cool. So thank you. Um, Thank you for being willing to uh, entertain my ideas. It's really, uh, I would say, furthers my education. And plus, it's uh, exciting to have that level of respect from you all, just being the lowly intern, so to speak. So I appreciate it. Oh, you're not lowly. I I don't even know. Uh, The only reason you're an intern is because your program says you have to be an intern. Um, But uh, anyway... Um, let's start talking about, uh, the dinner party by, uh, Alexa Haley. Um, I'm going to share with you some of the takeaways that we had during our discussion. All right. Because the way that our grading, um, metric works is that every person has a rating and we, uh, look at the averages of the scores And this one made the discussion threshold, and sometimes I think that's better, like, for the story, because it means that the story is interesting enough that it doesn't click right away for every single person. And that's, I love that. Like, that's one of the things that I, like, set out to do starting this. So when we get things like this, it's great. It's I was going to say magical, and that kind of ties nicely into we get a lot of magical realism, and I love it, so I'm not complaining. I just find it really fascinating, um, because this one, we didn't think this was, like, halfway through, we didn't think this was magical realist. Like, we still, there was no obvious, ev- obvious evidence that it was, right? And that's what's so fascinating about it, because all of a sudden, it's just like... Uh, what's the moment? Um, I think it's the jumping, the jumping meat. Is yeah, that right? That, that's the moment for me that it became more surreal. And, and I really love the way that uh, when we, when you first enter the story, you don't expect it. Everything just feels kind of, um, oh, this is just the awkwardness of 
sure they're acting strange, but this is just because they're new to the neighborhood and uh, they just don't know each other. But then all of a sudden the meat starts jumping around and I'm like, what the heck is ha happening here? And, and that's when I'm like, okay, this is at a whole different level than mm -hmm. what I first expected. And it's funny is another thing. And I don't, I didn't want to get through this without mentioning that we honestly, we don't get a lot of stuff that is genuinely funny. Um, it is harder than people think it is. Um, this is, I would definitely consider this smart comedy. Um, particularly, like, I know I mentioned the magical realist part first, but it's not my favorite part about it. My favorite part about it is the writing, the way it's written, um, the weird, interesting way that it's written, and, like, how every single sentence and... Um, paragraph reinforces the separation between us and them right um the fact that it's written in a first person collective uh like it's not there's it's not it's first person but it's not i it's we and the fact that when we speak uh it isn't in uh quotations but when they speak it's always in quotations and so like it's like the we in the story starts to feel like kind of inhuman, like kind of this entity in a way. And then the, but then they take on these very distinctive qualities, right? Like they argue with each other and they uh, have individual personalities. So it's like, we're so focused on them when we're reading the story, inevitably. Um, like it's impossible not to focus on them. So we kind of jump totally into the head of these narrators who they're just obsessed with them. You know, they're just they're just thinking constantly about them and being at this party is all about them and finding out about them. It's it's so interesting. Um, and I just really like it when the writing works with the story and the concept like that. I agree. And uh uh, another aspect of this that I liked was, like, uh, as I mentioned before, it's this um, unexpected turn into the surreal because, uh, you know, at first I thought, okay, the, these uh, new neighbors are just eccentric and uh, maybe she's a little bit uh, too caught up in being thin and that's why she's got the tapeworm and, or maybe they just seem so strange because they're in a different place. But then, then the meat gets up and walks away. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. what in the world? <laughs> what are they hiding? Yeah, yeah. And the tapeworm, right? It's like mm -hmm. you, you, you start out in like weird, but still like okay, like not magical. Like that is that's a thing that that someone could do, I guess, possibly. And and it's that slow transition so that when the meat starts jumping, you're like, wait, wait, did a magical thing happen? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think I remember reading that line over like three times because I was like, did we just transition into full magical realism at this point? Um, wait, or did we do it earlier with the tape tapeworm? Like, when did we transition? 
there is the the table uh with oh the yeah moving and but they kind of write it off and and it's normal enough that you could say oh well it just uh it's just a wobbly table uh so i like that it kind of ramps up it it, it starts with things that you could easily explain away but then all of a sudden bam yeah you, you can't do this and and I love the reaction too because they just the the couple that's hosting act like no big deal, and the other two I just kind of picture them sitting there going, "Uh, what do we do? I don't know. I guess we just act like nothing happened too." And it felt very like a very realistic reaction to someone put in that situation. Yeah, um, and that's and that's good because you know key to anything magical realist is like i would say like the underreaction, you know <laughs> like something weird happens and then the character kind of just treats it as like yeah this is this is life uh you know like this is something that's that's going on right now and but here it, it almost feels like honestly there is kind of an underreaction. But it's also like natural, right? Like it's also like they're the they in the the we versus they, you know, they are underreacting, and the and the we is like, I don't know what's going on here. I I I guess I I don't even know what to do. I and by the end, it's like I guess I'll just run away. Like I I don't I don't even know what's going on. Well, the giant ants though too. That yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> That I, I'm not sure if I was supposed to laugh at that one, but there was something just so comical about it with the idea of these this couple trying to wrestle away the dessert from these giant ants, almost like offend not offended, but the guessing. Wait, <laughs> that was just I loved it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? It's like it works because no one has ever been attacked by giant ants at a dinner party but we have all host well no not all of us but some of us have hosted parties that have gone wrong and we have definitely felt like we're being attacked by giant ants <laughs> like that's that's definitely like a feeling that we've had um and that's why it works mm -hmm. right and this is so i got into this argument recently um and this is me going on a diatribe that is semi-related to the story um, of people. I don't know if you've been on like the Reddit writing communities recently, but uh, the circle jerk currently, and I'm calling it that just cause that's, that's what the uh, you know, that's what it's called is that writing anything original is a waste of time. You know, like writing something different, that is really genuinely different is not worth your time. You're better off just going like, just not worrying about whether it's original or not and just writing um, whatever. Right. Um, and like, I had to like tell people recently, no, there's a lot of really weird stuff that is also really well-written and good. And they were like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, we get it all the time. I, I publish stuff and we get it constantly. It's just that people don't publish it. 
and like i don't know it's things like this like this is i'm really glad that this is the first one we're talking about because like every once in a while we do get something where it's like this is what i wanted and this was definitely one of those so i'm just really happy that we have it you know and you know i i know people who want a story that's clean and tidy so that it can be sold and oh, yeah. so they're more so it, that's the focus more so do you feel like maybe that's what they're thinking on reddit is it's not going to sell if it's slightly strange i mean so i mean i'm i'm going to be real in response to that we're not a paying market um so you know and i want to be we just aren't like if if we had if we had enough patreon donations coming in that that's like our number one goal the the thing is i think that it's misguided even if you're you're trying to sell something i i think that it's misguided because i think that um you need to stand out enough that you're not just generic writer number 27 right like even we have like a standard kind of story that we get um it's the reason why i wrote the whole thing about and then he died endings because for a while we were getting a lot of stories about character discovers something character has no feasible way to get out of it without dying character dies and that was just the standard thing we were getting for a while but when we get something like this that's when i actually pay attention um like that's when i actually like look and read and am interested because i haven't seen it before you know um i haven't i haven't seen someone writing about a dinner party that goes wrong in this way before i don't know maybe someone did it in the entire history of human writing but i haven't if, if it happened i haven't seen it yeah um, and, well and you mentioned and then he dies so that's sort of a the type of ending that ties everything together there's yep. no going forward but this one is still open-ended uh, yep. we don't know what the relationship between the neighbors will be going forward mm-hmm. will the the host try to reach out again or will the the established neighbors avoid them at all costs who knows but it, it's up to us to decide and, and i like that mm-hmm. i will admit like there is a kind of you know, um, like like when you're and I think this is why it got in the discussion threshold between two and three, when you're reading something that's different. Like, for example, that ending, it does not tie things off. And I think that was one of the discussion topics. And like there's there's some things in it that are a little bit loose where you're reading it and it's and because it's different, you're like, is this good writing? You know, like like your your threshold of like judging writing is like oh does this do the things that i have typically expected writing to do well so i think that sometimes you have to like hold back your judgment a little bit and just think about it on the terms of the piece um and what it's trying to accomplish and what it's trying to say like i'm not even totally 100 percent sure to be honest um what this is trying to say like i talk about the separation between us and them and i talk about how effective this is but really, it's infe- it's effective at 
instilling a feeling, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I do not 100% know if there is a message that is being signified by this. I know that the feeling that I had from it is very effective, you know? Um, like, there is a level at which I do not understand it, and mm -hmm. I'm not really threatened by that. I just think that it's really interesting, um, and it was funny, and I, I enjoyed it. I did, too. And I'm learning, a uh, part of my learning process here is that uh, sometimes in poetry, it's not so much about understanding, it's uh, making meaning for yourself and trying to take that away from it more than understanding clear day exactly what the author is wanting you to take from it. Does that, does that make sense to you? I mean, what I'm trying yeah. to say there? Yeah. And you know what? I envy writers who do that because I have this problem now where when I write, I I uh I just I I've been getting on the nose lately. Like I notice like when I write things I get on the nose too often. Um mm -hmm. so it's good to remember the qualities that things like this have that they bring to the table because like it doesn't matter you know you when you read this silly dinner party story it's clear that there is more going on than it just being a silly dinner party story but you're kind of left to figure that out yourself right and that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that yeah and i think um i was actually uh watching a video on writing earlier today is talking about how readers actually prefer to have to puzzle and figure out the meaning like for example wally -E, there's no dialogue you have to oh, yeah. figure it out yourself so uh, they were advocating for stories such as as this one that it requires you to be open and then also y you have to contribute to it in your own way by you know the story the the characters aren't described but i could see them clear as day in my mind so it's it, that's that's what I feel like I am contributing to this story is you know the 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 image of the people sitting on the back uh, porch and uh, you know I I just took it as sort of, uh, people in um, oh why is the word is leaving me but suburban people who are, are just transported suddenly out of their boring ordinary lives and for me that was enough you know I mm -hmm. didn't have to worry about uh existential things i just enjoyed it for for what i was given i'm gonna ask a somewhat pointless question but maybe it'll illuminate something about the story that we don't think of at first how many people do you think the we was i i imagined uh, two couples oh that's so interesting so that was like your first reaction you imagined two couples yeah, the uh, and then a married couple that was coming by to have dinner with them. Okay. Did you picture something more? Oh, okay. I thought you. I thought you mentioned that the we was 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 two oh, couples. Oh. So so yeah. here, yeah. I my first reaction was that the we was another couple, but I realized. I don't think there's very much in the story that means that the we has to just be one other couple. 
I think it's almost like the Wii is the is the neighborhood. Like that's that's just that's just me. I mean, it could it could literally be another couple, but I feel like it's Wii because it the the Wii symbolizes you know the new place that they have have moved into the 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 neighborhood the people who already live there. Okay. I mean, is there I, a number? Yeah, I, no, there isn't, and I think that the story could support uh, that type of interpretation because yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now, and uh, no, I mean, I think if you wanted to picture it, it does say party, so I mean, if you wanted to populate it with many more uh, party goers, I think I think that would be a valid valid me yeah because i'm trying to i'm I'm trying to see if i'm if i'm in any way wrong you know <laughs> in in seeing that like i that's that's why i'm asking you because when i read it the second time that was when it really jumped out to me that there is no number given for the Wii, and there is no like the Wii is not individualized at any point. Like there's no point where any member of the Wii steps away from the rest of the Wii, right? It's it's just a yeah. uh, God. I'm saying Wii a lot, but um, <laughs> it's it's just this collective. It's this hive mind, and it, it it becomes even funnier, I think, when you imagine it that way, because you just imagine this hostess leading these like. I don't know, 10, 15 people around and like showing off the house and the dinner party to them. And then like the ants show up and they just all leave at once. You know, they're just this, this, this hive mind of, of gossipy neighbors that, you know, busybody around. And then when some, when it gets too heavy for them, they, they're like, ah, run away. It's the ants. Yeah, once it gets real, people it's don't like, want real. They want surface level. And if there's something they don't like, uh-huh. you know, maybe that uh, symbolizes this idea of uh, everything's going great until something kind of not exactly monstrous, but, you know, unpleasant comes to the surface and then off they go because they don't want a real relationship with you. They just want to have the nice party and then go about their way. I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Maybe as we talk about this, I'm getting closer to some kind of takeaway about this story because I'm looking at this line right before the last line. And this is right after the ants show up. It says, this was too much, even for us. We better go. We said, it's getting late. Thank you so much for everything. We'll see ourselves out, we told them. Whatever was inside the house, whatever fancy life we had imagined for ourselves, it wasn't worth this. Mm-hmm. So even that, like taken out of context, that seems a little blunt, but um, I mean, it's also like there's so much else going on in the story that you just you miss it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because you're I'm busy picturing the uh, big ants and the battle over the macaroons. And so, yeah, I can see. Well, it'd be all easy to gloss over and say, oh, it's just because of the ants it's but Mm -hmm. in in light of our conversation it does take on a a bit of a deeper meaning well yeah especially the uh whatever fancy life we had imagined for ourselves i think that's a a truism there that 
we all want the fancy life with the big bank account, but the reality of it isn't what we might expect. So I, I yeah. like that. And then, and then taking it to the next level of like interpretation, couldn't you say then that like, I don't know, the ants and the bouncing meat and just the idea of this intricate dinner party going wrong, it kind of symbolizes the uh, complexities that come with wealth. Like, like the, the things that you have to worry about once you are wealthy. Yeah, because it's uh, it's not the things most people would think. Oh, there's you know you're rich. There's no other worries. That's it. You're you're good to go. Life is done. But uh, then you have songs like more more money, more problems. So I can't. You have help. more things to worry about. Yeah. You have more things that can go wrong. Like you own you you own like it's like. You can't have car problems if you don't have a car. You know, you you can't you can't have uh, a leaky roof if you don't have a roof. Um, obviously, that's an extreme example. I don't want to be homeless, but like you know, um, we, we, you throw this intricate dinner party, and the more intricate the dinner party is, the more wrong it can go. The more in, more pieces there are that can go wrong. Yeah, that that makes sense. And it it doesn't strike me so much as it was, you know, they had, what, three courses in the meal? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't seem like overly elaborate one, but the hostess struck me as trying to make everything perfect and trying to control all of the different elements of the party. Yeah. And I mean, she has a tapeworm. She wants to <laughs> appear perfect as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that. Mean, yeah. That. That. When you look at it that way, the tapeworm, it's funny because that comes in so early, but that's almost the perfect symbol. Because it's this thing that, like, one, no middle class person could even do that. Like, like it just, it wouldn't be done. Um, only a very eccentric, like, rich person would have the time and resources to, like, actually even you know, begin to consider doing something like that. Um, and it's, it's, it just, it's this perfect symbol because it's this thing that is just, it's so bad. Like giving yourself a tapeworm is just not, it's not what you want or it's not what you should want. Um, but you can do it because you're rich. I mean, you know, you can give well, yourself those problems. Well, this, yeah, but also, having a tapeworm she's probably sick and miserable so she probably would need somebody to clean her house because she has no energy because she's all of her food's going to the tapeworm. oh god uh so yeah so there there's that level too because you know a poor person sure they might have the tapeworm but not out of choice oh, yeah. and yeah. So yeah, I see what you're saying there. I, I I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. I meant the I meant the like the the choosing to have a tapeworm is something that only like the like that rich, wealthy person would ever do. Like no 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 middle class or poor person would ever be like, yeah, I got myself a tapeworm. You know, like that'd be crazy. What I like about that element too is she she speaks like it's no big deal and like uh it's commonplace so perhaps all of her 
people that she's used to being around also do similar things. So that I think that's an interesting way to think about it, too, is just how she thinks so differently simply because she's from another place, but maybe a different, uh, well, I think it's implied the fancy life. So, you know, a different level of wealth, too, that it's just a different mindset and what matters to them is way different. Yeah, yeah God. Yeah, $100 would be Trump change, but maybe to someone who doesn't have that, that's a bigger deal. God, so. this is reminding me of just look up, look up uh, doctors telling women not to put wasp nests in their oh. and. Google Google might fill out the rest for okay. you. Okay. But it was a thing. It uh, was it was a, it was a thing and I don't know how it got started, but yeah, it was it was uh upper class women who were doing it. Um because like I don't know, maybe there's something about self-preservation that just just goes away when you're when you have that much money. Like maybe you just you don't think about self-preservation the same way someone else would. Well, they have access to better healthcare, so those things may not seem as a big of a deal. You know, like yeah, you'll someone... get away with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, somehow half an hour has flown by. He delved hard. into it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was glad Alexa was here, and I was going to ask her if she wanted to, to say anything. Even if she doesn't, I just think, thank you, Alexa, for submitting to us, um, and I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, I also very much enjoyed reading, and I'm glad that uh, he, you came this evening, because... <laughs> I mean, well, it's it's not only is it super cool that the author's here, but it's you know it's a a bit of an experiment that that uh, we're doing here. So it it's nice to to have you here to show a little support. So thank you for that. Also, I was also laughing because uh, she said in the chat that her uh, that her microphone is broken. So oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but oh, uh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you for being present anyway. I really want to do this again. Uh, and uh, stay on the Discord because we post things here. And uh, I don't know anything else. Um, Keep writing the strange because you are very good at it, Alexa. And um, next time you have something similar, definitely send it our way. And uh, yeah, I just got to say again, I really enjoyed this this story. It It was a delight to read. I, I like the phrase "keep writing the strange." I want that to be like a slogan or something. I want to. I want to hang on to that. I'm not going to let that go. Thank you oh, for that. You're welcome. Um. Anyway, thank you, Alexa. Thank you, Mel. And uh, I think we can log off. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MetaWorker Podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. And consider supporting us on Patreon. For more episodes and other great content, find us on social media at The Metaworker and online at www.themetaworker.com.